This one's for Dustin. You tuned into the October Recovery Podcast. My name is AJ. I'm not an addiction counselor, specialist, or professional. On this podcast, you'll hear discussion regarding 12-step recovery programs and how they have impacted our lives. However, the podcast is not a promotion or an endorsement of any 12-step fellowship as a whole. The opinions shared on this show are those of the individual speaker. If you or someone you love is suffering from addiction and needs help, call Recovery Centers of America, 1-855-487-9626. The email is recoverycentersofamerica.com. There you will find detox, inpatient, and outpatient services in Danvers, Westminster, Mass., Maryland, Pennsylvania, and New Jersey. Another recovery option is Banyan Treatment Center, started by pro skateboarder Brendan Novak. Locations are Pennsylvania, Chicago, four locations in Florida, and one in Wilmington, Massachusetts. Also, help with addiction can be found at Foundations Recovery Network at 1-877-714-1318. October Recovery Podcast, Episode 3. Yes, all right. Here we are. Thank you for listening. I'm here today with a very special guest. And this guy, I've said it before, he is a huge part of my sobriety. Uh, I met him early on, and uh, he was one of the guys I've talked about in the, in the previous episodes who uh, had their eye on me, and they weeded me out, and they plucked me from... You guys plucked me from the outskirts. Gary, what's up, man? AJ, great to be here. This is is fantastic. I've been looking forward to this for some time. I I love the studio and all your effort and your enthusiasm (laughs) with this podcast. It's miraculous. It really is. You know, I'm I'm used to, um, you know, sharing at meetings and sharing uh, from the podium, but in a garage with drop cloths around me with a microphone in my mouth. This is, uh, it's certainly service for 2019. And, um, you know, I've had experiences where I'll go on a cruise, I'll go on vacation, and sometimes I uh, I specifically will go on a, a cruise because there's um, meetings on board the ship. And, uh, you know, there was one point where I was in Jamaica and it was uh it was like dawns on marble head you know I, I book a trip during the rainy season and which was brilliant uh, <laughs> Einstein yeah. and uh the uh the trip was yeah it was all inclusive everything was calling calling me and I uh my head wasn't right I had brought an an old iPod that I I recorded like four or five meetings on mm-hmm. and uh you know it, it was amazing how that did the trick for me and just got my head right it's you know same with podcasts i know a lot of people that uh, listen to them all the time i don't I, i'm willing to but it's uh it's another tool that we need you know individually to get our program you know correct you know with some people can get to meetings three or four a week some people can not go to meetings and be okay some people it's it's to each his own and if it uh, works for you and a podcast can scratch your uh, itch and keep you sober and and happy yeah I, i'm all for it yeah absolutely you know it's it's i, lo- I didn't know where you where you're going with that the pot you know you got to the point and it's it's the podcast and i've i've told you it's been a couple of years and for me it's the fellowship like i can get fellowship from a guy talking through a microphone and who doesn't matter where in the world he is and if he's like me and he has an allergy to alcohol and he can't fucking pick up the first drink i can identify mm-hmm. with that mm-hmm. and sometimes that's all i like that's all i need sometimes during a day is just for that reminder to keep me in check, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so, 
I mean, while you know, my program is includes meetings, but I've told you before that the podcast, I can definitely use the podcast like in place of that for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why that's what gave me the inspiration to do this. I heard guys doing it. And, you know, this helped me. This mm-hmm. helped me. But I just want to I want to say something first. So Gary is my sponsor. One of the first things that you ever taught me early on, I remember I was probably a year or so sober. And, you know, after after sort of just listening with my ears open and kind of learning. All of a sudden you get a tap on the shoulder one day and a kid starts talking to you and he's he's picking your brain and before you know it he's calling you in the middle of the night and i remember being like what the hell do i say to this kid like if if this kid needs help am i able to help this kid you know i remember feeling that Mm -hmm. and i'll never forget you said to me you said aj you can carry the message you can't carry the alcoholic and all you have to do is make your intention to help the person and not hurt them and you'll be okay mm-hmm. i'll never mm-hmm. forget that mm-hmm. yeah you know when my, my story i'm not going to get into the you know uh long drawn out drunk log but yeah it came around in 1991 it's 2019 and i have 16 years sobriety do you do the math it was mm. there was a lot of interrupted success in that time frame you know there's there was so much the trials and tribulations but what i remember you know just concretely back early 90s i'd go to a meeting i'd get in there i would sit in the back I would compare, like, there would be guys in, in the meeting that I knew from high school and junior high, and half of them were, were like, the bullies. They were all, like, kind of juvenile delinquents, and, you know, they, they, I'd have, I really didn't associate with those guys, and um, I'd see them in AA, and I'm like, well, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't belong here. Everything was uh, absolutely comparing myself to everybody around around me. I didn't identify and what not what didn't happen for me and I wish it did and I make sure that I do it in turn in turn now because it was like I was real lonely and now I, I'll see a guy in the program and that's just alone you know that is just you know it's a calling you know the only thing you have to do is you put your hand out you know and maybe you offer him a phone number and you know there's a little trick up my sleeve we, we i got a great men's meeting going and you know would be reading a variety of books and you know, like i'd grab the book and i'd give it to the guy and say hey listen you need to read this right but you gotta show up thursday and you gotta bring this book because this is my last book i and, like it you know that that's worked a couple of times mm-hmm. and to be honest you know it's you know the percentage of times it works and the percentage of times it doesn't it's probably you know three out of ten work mm-hmm. and unfortunately you know the batting 300 is a, is a great batting average but what i remembered and that what what i didn't get was that hand and, and there's a million suggestions but it's not a suggestion it is our responsibility to reach out to the person that still suffers and the ways that you can do that are uh, you know it's pretty simple you know from my first few meetings i, I remember questioning a guy that was having um he got his first year anniversary and they were giving him a cake and this is a big meeting you know maybe 120 people there and i'm in the back and instead of asking anybody i was like i wonder whose job it is to follow him around for one year and make sure that he didn't drink i couldn't associate anything with honesty yeah and um you know that that's where i came from but now some of the things that I, I like to do, it, like if there's a guy that looks interested, you know he belongs. Mm. You know what uh, what I've done is like you take a picture of an empty chair at the meeting and uh, you just text them that empty chair nice. picture. And you know, and, and if I got that, mm. it, you know, I, I'd say, wow, maybe hey, somebody misses me. You know, I'm not here, and somebody realizes it. And you know, those little things can help people feel like they belong. Absolutely, because. That's the that's that's the least thing you feel when you come in is that you belong, and um, no, that's cool. Like I like that because any little thing, I mean, think about it. Like how what a lonely, lonely state of 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 life that is for me when I when I when I was at the end of myself and alcohol just was not doing it. 
but I didn't know what the fuck was wrong. Like, I didn't know what was wrong. I was going to lose, you know, I was going to lose my wife. I was going to lose my kids. I mean, the people who drank like me liked, you know, I think they liked when I was around most of the time. But people who really, who really, you know, love me come to find out they didn't want to be around me. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, so it is a lonely, lonely spot when you get there. And if you can and if you can reach somebody by doing that anyway, any way you can do it, mm -hmm. you know, because um, I mean, it's just it's tough. It's tough. We know that, you know, you, you know, the, there's a catalyst for everybody to get in here. And sometimes sometimes it can be physical. You know, it, it can be the. Uh, legal it, mm. it, it can be you know just you're at, at the end of the ropes and uh, you know there's there's just no other way mm. you know you know for me it was physical and it, you know gaining oh goodness you know probably 240 pounds mm. i go to my, my you know my doctor and he puts a blood pressure cuff on me and he's just like <laughs> <laughs> and then he just looks at me you know and then he he's <laughs> He looks at me again. He's like, uh, "Excuse me, you know, what are you doing to yourself?" And on your way to a detox, oh. and it's it, those those memories. Um, mm. I, I was lucky to get in, in a hospital back in 1991, and you know, I'm forever grateful. But you know, the the, the fellowship is you know is my higher power. Mm. Um, and I was it, it it's funny because you know Thursday I, I, I had a meeting and the topic was uh, togetherness and you know today I was at a meeting um, you know my prescription mm. you know for my for my sobriety is three meetings a week and you know I like to get on a commitment at, you know once a month or once every two months and this is kind of like a commitment mm. um, yeah and the uh, y you know I, I've tried not to do that and it's like walking around with one shoe off um yeah, yeah. but you know the fe the fellowship is interesting because with um the way it's just an idea that's been put in my head just from these last couple of meetings you know with the topic of togetherness you, you're looking at you know I'm, I'm 60 years old and yet you, you have a group of friends and it centers around activities it's you know first and foremost it's school right it's can it can, it can be high school it can be college it can be work related you know and you have the camaraderie that you develop with people that you do sports with and you know the camaraderie that you develop with people that you know have the same activities and and likes but there's nothing at all that i can compare you know the togetherness of the uh you know the people that are in the fellowship you know i don't know how many times you can be in a supermarket you can be you know you're on a vacation you get in a meeting there's six people on board the ship and you, you just share of something that you know you get a doctor from kentucky and somebody from alaska and you see him on the boat you know during the week and you know that bond this person i don't even know right that bond is just special that is god sent and you know the fellowship is um just uh, ultimately just so important for me and uh, like my greatest gift is you know i'm, I'm lucky enough to sponsor a few guys and you, you're just there for me I mean, with questions you answer the phone um, you try to be a power of example. Well, how hard is it to be a power of example? You go to meetings, right, and you do the right thing. But uh, my greatest gift is to see these guys that were looking for, you know, to somebody to follow, to get their feet wet, to feel good about themselves, mm -hmm. to turn into leaders. You know, a, a few guys like that that really, really reach out to help other guys. You know, there's AJ, you know, there's Jimbo, there's Johnny, you know, and, and, and there's, you know, there's guys that just, just down the, down the line, you, you know, now, now it's, you're looking at, yeah, as opposed to helping three guys, there's 15 to 20. Um, that's a great gift. Yeah. You, you know, the, the fellowship part of it, I'm, I'm looking right here and there's a big blue book out there and in that book it says we are people who normally would not mix but there exists among us a fellowship a friendliness and an understanding which is indescribably wonderful and that's so true that's what you were talking about i love when i'm in the grocery you know i'm grocery shopping and you just you know you're looking at somebody and you're like hmm like they look familiar or like some 
I know where I know them mm-hmm. from. And you catch their eye, and it's usually a smile, right? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. usually a smile, and it's like it's indescribable, you know? And it's cool. It's, it's a, that's actually, if you think about that, that's a spiritual experience. Because, like, has that happened to you? Oh, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And yeah. you're not saying anything. Mm-mm. We're not talking to them. But yet you're connecting. It's like your spi- it is. It's like your spirits are connecting. But we don't have to go down that route. No, right but now. that's arbitrary, you know. But the, um, you know, it's it's a slam dunk when you you, you hit your meetings, and uh, it's just the, the way it is. And you know, and, and as you mature, like one thing alcoholism did to me was it, it just absolutely one hundred percent stunted my growth. You know, my story went when I was uh, eighteen. You know, I have two older sisters, two younger brothers. My, you know, my my sisters <laughs> grew up in the '70s. I mean, talk about torture in my mother and father. It's yeah. like they'd come home, they'd be pregnant, married, and you know, hammered and on an acid trip. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's yeah. Like, yeah, the, yeah. You know, and by they the, were good at it. Yeah, <laughs> and but and you know, by the time. Uh, I rolled around. Uh, my mother and father did the best they could. My father worked his, his ass off. My mother was a stay-at-home mother that never drove. She was always there for us. Yep. And there's not a playbook. I have three kids. Uh, you know, everybody does the best they can. Mm. Your sisters, yeah, you were saying. Yeah, yeah. My, my, my sisters, they tortured my, my, uh, my parents. But when I got, you know, as, as eight, 18, I was like, okay, I'm a potty animal. I did good in school. I was a decent athlete. But... I really think that I need to get some kind of discipline in my life. And so of all the colleges that you could pick, I just, you know, I wasn't getting pushed by my parents. I just picked a military school. Mm. It was all male military school. I applied and I didn't think I had a chance of getting in. You know, I went for the interview and I couldn't believe I got accepted. And, you know, there goes the afro, you know, <laughs> uh, you know shave my head. Yeah. And, you know, one thing my father told me, uh, you know, quit is never win and win is never quit. Up to, until then, there was some things that I did that I quit. You know, getting back to the disease, you know, I'm, I'm kind of saying I need discipline. An all-male school isn't going to hurt. And, um, like, I got into this school, and it turned out, you know, there was partying everywhere. You know, there was just no hiding it. But that was like looking back. It's like, okay, at 18, I kind of knew that, you know, where I was headed. And it, it didn't really take a, a turn. It slowed it down. It didn't stop it. But... You know, as far as like growing up, I got I get out of school, I get the good job, and now it's like I'm working in in Faneuil Hall area in Boston, and they had the oh goodness it's Mondays two for ones as opposed to like further in my career and getting serious, I was just a potty animal. Yeah, you know, and, and I kind of always thought that you know what. Someday I'm just gonna wake up and I'm gonna be a mature guy, and it just didn't happen that no, way, no. you know. Because I was the only thing I could think of was that that next drink, that mm-hmm. next party. And fast forward to 27 years old, I get married, you know, and started to have a family. The responsibilities it, they came. I wasn't ready for them, but they came. Mm-hmm. I have kids now. This is the real deal. It's not just about me. You know, alcoholism to me, you know, the worst uh, character defect is selfishness. I only cared about me. Yeah. It was just me, 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 me. Yeah. And um, the, the the things that I, uh, you know, wasn't putting in the forefront were my, uh, my kids. And that was a catalyst to get sober because um, my oldest boy, 13, he wrote, a letter to me that you, know, you suck dad letter and you know it was heart wrenching it, it it broke it broke my heart and you know today uh that that kid is 29 he's got a beautiful beautiful four-year-old daughter mm. and you know you got to get sober for yourself but uh, you know uh, we're having kids it's certainly uh you know a catalyst to do the right thing there's just so much that you physically you can take when you're not taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And as you hit your 30s, it's just impossible to burn that candle on both ends. And, you know, and, and by that time, you have responsibilities. And it's like, it's about time to, f- you know, Gary, you need to grow the fuck up. Yeah. And the alcohol and the party, and it, it was just an incredible growth stunter. You know, I, I heard somebody say, and I'll never forget it. It's like... 
you know, you, you set yourself on fire and you kill everybody with the smoke. The and one. you don't even care. And, you know, I'm a pretty caring guy. There's nothing I love more than my three kids on this earth and nothing I wouldn't do for them. But with all the drinking and this disease, you know, changed me you know i wasn't that guy I, I the only thing i cared about was myself i turned into being a self-seeking alcoholic you mentioned something about being in recovery early and when i look at some of these younger dudes like i came in i was i don't know 42 i think i was 42 and it like i give like hats off to some of these 22 23 24 25 year old kids because i mean to think about what i was doing then and and um and it's you know it's it's unbelievable for them like i look back and sometimes i say oh i wish i wish i had done this a little bit earlier but it's like my head was so fucking far up my ass i had no idea what was going on i just wasn't ready you know i mean i just wasn't ready and we talk about it and 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 it is true people get there when they're ready you know i mean i have i know somebody who's who has dabbled in programs and and you know i need to say here too you know we we're not here to um promote any any 12-step program like it says in the literature promoting it and stuff like that we're not here to do that part of our program some of us, you know, some of us use that program and it works for us. You know what I mean? Very rarely have I ever had somebody say, I'm, I'm sober, I'm happy, and I don't do a 12-step program. I, I haven't I haven't met that person yet. And when I do, maybe they can show me, you know, make, show me how you do it. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe I'll try it. Mm-hmm. You, you know you know what I'm saying? Oh, you, you know, there was for, for years, it was, not, it was 2012 when I did the steps with the with a big book step study sponsor and with sponsorship it can be hit or miss you know i've had probably a half a dozen sponsors and um i'll, I'll never forget one um one year it must have been a 53 week a wall i asked, asked this guy to be my sponsor and, and he was he was a great guy and at the time i was um there was like two or three guys that were asking me for help and I had one one guy in particular, a real good guy. I mean, he's he's like real. He got eight years sober now. He's strong. He's, he's really strong in the program, and and he went into radio silence. It was like you know we're talking all the time, and now he's trying to find him, text him, call him, and he's in radio silence. And uh, I, I, went <laughs> I love to- that. So that's like. No phone calls from the guy. You worry about how he's doing, and it's yeah, like... You know what he's doing now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's not quite... He's, he's the last person in the world that you want, that you, that you want to see when you go out is you know, your old sponsor. It's happened to me. It's worse than, you know, going to the vice principal. Okay, so 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 you have had a sponsor, and you, you were sober, and then you picked up, and then you ran into him somewhere? Yeah, that even happened at... Um, you know, one of my class reunions for high school. This was this was a crazy story. My um, my vice principal, and I was a, I was a good kid. I never got detention. I, I you know I kept my nose clean. He, he was uh, he was always going to um, our, our reunions. I think it was my tenth or fifteenth. I had seen the vice principal in AA, and it was like whoa. Geesh, you know, this is like crazy. And I really, really loved this man. Yep. And he, um, I, I went to a bunch of meetings with him. I went to on uh, a commitment to a huge prison. He was very, very eloquent, super, super well-spoken. W- what happened was, you know, this was like I had four years and five months sober and I went out. And it was all because of fear. I wasn't reaching out. What what happened to me, which, like, I have a fear. I'm not comfortable public speaking. I do it. I speak at people. Who the hell is, though, right? Who yeah. the hell is? Yeah, when, when asked. Um, yeah. And, and at this time in, in new sobriety, you know, I'd go to my meeting, and it seemed like every every uh yeah you know, you know all the week i'd be there I'd be tapped on the shoulder to, to speak because a commitment wouldn't show up so i was like i really don't want to speak tonight i'm not going to go to that meeting you know? <laughs> because everybody says you always do what the, what is asked and you know i was like you know it was fear i was a coward i don't know what i was but i stopped going to meetings you know an old duels looked pretty good to oh, me yikes. You, you know um, and i'm not a non-alcoholic and that led to uh i, I am a genius you know, I'd, ha- I'd have an old duels bottle, and I'd, I'd 
uh, to fill it up with uh, Sam Adams. <laughs> you know, and everybody's like, oh, that'll do. Yeah, it's, yeah, it smells pretty strong. Yeah, right. And it's amber. It's not clear. Yeah. Although you couldn't tell through the green bottle. Yeah. That's, a, that's an interesting topic. So early on in recovery, I mean, I thought about it. I don't hear much about it, but I have to think that I'm not the only, we're not the only ones who have thought about drinking non-alcoholic beer. And uh, so this is, I think this is kind of a cool topic because early on in sobriety, your head's spinning. Yeah. I know for me, just like even driving by merchants or the, the liquor store here, it would have been fucking great if I could go in and get a six pack of O'Doul's, you know what I mean? But early on, I heard a couple of cool things and I'd like to hear your opinion on it. O'Doul's and these quote unquote non-alcoholic beers still have alcohol in them. And it may be a trace amount of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. You, you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like 1.25%. Right. So, so if you slam like eight of them, <laughs> you know, so it's the equivalent of like half a Budweiser. Yeah. And, you know, but you play those games. It's brilliant. It's just, you know, Einstein. But, but not even that, though. It's like I'm AJ. I'm an alcoholic. I have an allergy to alcohol. So if I'm AJ and if I have a peanut allergy, if I have a sliver of a peanut, I'm still going to have a reaction. So the way I look at it is... And I was taught this because, trust me, early on, like, O'Doul sounded good. But when I had somebody explain this to me, and I think it was Paul, our buddy Paul. Um, Rock solid Paul. He's, he's, he's unbelievable. I haven't no, seen him in a while. Guy. But Paul, he said, um, he was like, um, dude, stay away from the O'Douls, man. It's got, it's got alcohol in it. And, and, you know, he's just right to the point he's like do not drink it and that's what i needed to hear oh he's you know? the absolute straight st- straightest shooter with the most enthusiasm um you know and there's guys like that i mean i mean there's so there's so many tools for newcomers to to latch on to you know but the problem is you know everybody thinks that they can figure it out right you know that like I, that was it for me um and when, right. after four years and ten months, you know, I just start drinking O'Doul's. And ne- next thing I know, you know, I'm faking that I'm going to pick up somebody by the the train station. <laughs> you know, I'm listening to sports radio, throwing nips of vodka under my car. Oh my to god! To come home to get the "You Suck Dad" letter from my kid. I mean, it, you know, I, I, it was just a calamity central. Nips. Uh, yeah. Nips. So I I progressed to nips and then I and then I went from, you know I went from beer and then you know I couldn't get enough beer in me when I was home because my loved ones were concerned and watching how much I drank so I decided okay I need to hide it and I okay well maybe I'll buy some nips and that'll get me uh, off mm-hmm. you know so I went I went I did the nip route and I gotta tell you right. I don't know if you're seeing what I'm seeing on the street. Like, I don't know if you walk in your neighborhood. You live a couple towns over. We can take a walk when we leave here if you want. And we are going to find at least 15 nip bottles right around my block. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm not really sure. Is it, is it, this is the way I look at it. Who buys nips, Gary? Here it is. Ready? Teenagers who somehow maybe get it off a buyer, right? Mm-hmm. I could see that happening. Or fucking alcoholics who want to hide what they're drinking. Yeah, yeah. Who else is buying nips? Yeah, they fit. They can fit a lot of them in the pocketbook, you know. And, and here's the other thing: who's throwing nips on the street on the sidewalk? Yeah, you don't want those in your car when you go home. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. So when I walk down the street here, man, it is like. There's a lot of sick fucking people out here, man. There are a lot of sick people out here, and they're in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the in the one in your in in your neighborhood that you think is all squared away could have the biggest problem. The neighborhood, you know. Right? But you know what? It's really none of our business. It's, it is my business if I'm taking my dog for a walk and I'm tripping over nip bottles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I I, th- I think a point that I was trying to get to that I kind of skirted. You know, this my, my old sponsor, my guy going into radio silence. Right? Yes, yes. And um, I kind of felt like, oh, my goodness, this is my fault. You know, this is my fault. I really care about these guys, one guy in particular. Right. And, um, you know, my sponsor, I'll never forget it, the way he looked at me. And he, he just, you know, he shook his head and he just said, Gary, are you sober? 
you know, because this is what it's going to be like. This is what's going to happen. And, you know, with this guy, you know, three, four months later, he called me. We got hooked back up. He's got eight years sober now. He's, the, the, you know, the guy's power example. He's doing real good. And, and you know, with sponsorship, uh, again, it's our responsibility. It's not a suggestion. And more people got to be uh, put their hands out to, to guys and, and have that that mindset that, you know, the success rate is going to be, you know, five out of 30, you know, uh, or eight out of 30. But you, you got to keep plugging. You got you to keep plugging and be there for people. And that is a reward be in present. itself. You yeah, know, yeah. Really. This topic of sponsorship. So I had a quick question, too. I love talking to you because, um, you know, you give me perspective that I just don't have and I'm not afraid to ask you questions. And so um, what would you say to a newcomer or even somebody who has a sponsor that is it's just not a good fit because i haven't had that experience you and i hit it off from the beginning and i'm so grateful for that so what about the person who asks for a sponsor does what he, you know does what he's told to do you know is, has his ears open he's open-minded and he hears about the sponsorship and he asks a guy and he's he gets through it and he starts to get to know this guy a little bit and he starts to feel ah i don't think this i don't think this guy's for me you know do you have any thoughts on that uh I can only share you uh, share with you the the experience I had with my my sponsor. I don't think there's a you know a rule book on this. No, uh, no, no, no. Y- y- you know, but uh, like I had a guy that sponsored me, and uh, you know, I, I met him at a, an open A meeting when you could smoke, and yeah. uh, I, I liked his message. And he was caring. He was a good guy, but you know, when I got to know him, there were certain things that he did. That was was totally, you know, it might have been fine for the, you know, guy A, B, C, but not, um, you know, Gary. Right. It, it was tarnished. And and so, you know, there was other things that I'm not going to get into, but what I did with him, I see him around. He gave me a book. I still have it. Um, the guy is um, precious. He's like 30 years sober, but as far as individual, me to him, uh, I just, you know, there's no formal thing. It's like, well, uh, you know, uh, the, the way this is happening, it's not really jiving with me. Right. I, I just let it fade. Yeah. You know, I let it fade. And, and you know, I, I got the, you know, the, the next guy, you know, yeah. my sponsor today has got like 33 years and I know he's there for me. I, I don't call him a lot. There's a con- the connections there. And, um, you know, so if I think if a person, you know, there's no way that you can know for sure no. when you have a, a you know a sponsor that this is going to be the person for me. So, you know, there's there's other people out there and it's um, it's a journey. That's what they call it, a journey. Yeah. So you're saying so. So you just I mean, keep asking. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not going to hurt anybody's feelings. No. It's not it's not a it's it's you can't worry about that. You can't you got to worry about you have to take care of yourself. You can't. Like like people please, and we talked. It's like, oh my god, am I, should I ask somebody else, or is this guy going to be pissed at me? Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Like don't don't think like that. If, if if you feel like it's somebody you're not comfortable with, then it's th- that's not that's not the intention of of having a sponsor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I can remember the first night, you know, when I asked you, and we were at the um, Green Tomato one night, and I was a couple months sober, and John and Johnny was like, ask Gary, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> really? It's like fucking ask Gary. Go ask him now. So I, you know, I asked Gary, and it's like, hell yeah, you know, it's an awesome thing. Oh, sure. And yeah. and and you get, you know, you always say to me, Gary, too. It's like, um, and I think this is important to talk about. It's like, you know, we hate to pick up the phone because other people have other things going on, and mm. they don't want to hear me talk. And it's like. When I call you and I give you an earful of shit for 10 minutes and then you talk for one minute and then you say, AJ, this phone call did me more good oh, right, than it probably right, right. did you. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that, like, how does that work, Gary? Yeah, yeah, that's how do the you, magic. Yeah, you know, I just went to a meet my buddy Dougie The Rock, 31, uh, 32 he's the guy. He's the guy I see walk in. He's always got baked goods. Is that? Yeah, is that he it? bakes. Yeah, he yeah, bakes. yeah. Um, <laughs> union guy. I, I mean, yeah. It's funny, I was talking, if I meet on Thursday, it's like, all my friends are sober. 
you, you know what, what's that tell you about you know all the all my drinking buddies mm. you, you know if i need uh advice financially you know this is maki if i need anything to do with food this johnny like anything to do with the lawn there's uh the jack of all trades aj yeah right you know and there's, there's just, I'll burn you on. But, yeah. uh, let no, me know, no, let me know. But I can go I'll down the out. line with probably <laughs> twenty different guys, and and, and women, you yeah, know, that have yeah. expertises and things, and and it's such a friendship, and a fellowship, and, and and at this point, it's like you know what, these people are my friends that we have one thing in common: we don't drink, right? And and it's um, I'm just so lucky, you know, to to be uh. You know, in a group, imagine, you know, trying to think of things that, you know, okay, I get some downtime. You know, I can go, um, you know, if I'm traveling, I could go anywhere and go to an AA meeting. You know, I can go to, you know, seven AA meetings around, you know, my my area. You know, I I took up, uh, you know, uh, making anniversary, uh, and I get so much joy out of this. You just do not know how much joy I get. I, you know, I, I carve out a, a medallion hole and I, I have a um, a triangle and I stick a, the medallion in it and I give it to people for their anniversary. You do. And, you know, there's this one um, sweet, sweet friend. My, I'm going to drop her name, Deb. She left me a, um, a voicemail message that I have to this day. You know, it you know it was a candle. It takes yeah. like you know fifteen minutes of time, and I send them to people and talk about things that you do to you know keep up to to take up your time. And uh, I started doing yoga, and now I'm addicted to yoga. It's not even normal. Yogi uh, Gary, can I talk about your candles for one second? Sure. And and I'm like, it's just emotional. So I told you this kid who passed away, a buddy of mine who passed away recently. And remember, we saw him at a meeting. You made me a candle, and he said to me, "Hey, can you can your buddy make me a candle?" Mm-hmm. And I was thinking to myself, Gary, I was at the service uh, three weeks ago. It was you know, it was Dustin, and he, he's a, he's a local kid, and every you know, everybody knew him around here. North Shore, he he, you knew him, and um, you know you made him you made him that candle you didn't even know the kid and um and i and i could i just can't help but thinking you know you know that was in his house you know until the end you were talking about fellowship and friendship and i wonder if there's a difference and i have a a little bit of a thought on that we were talking about that this morning with a couple of my buddies and uh so fellowship if you look it up the way I sort of extrapolate the different the different definitions, it's like when you're unsettled or when you're going through tough times, these people, these your fellowship is there to pick you up. And friendship, it might be like you go to a, a you know a game with a bunch of friends and you're like all pumped up, but when you're at that game and you need to speak about things from the heart, that's where fellowship comes in. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. It yeah, does. you know the you know the. If, Fellowship teaches you things, right? And then, you, you know, friend, friendship is. Think about this the other day. I got, I got a buddy Ed, right, sixth grade. That, you know, he's he's just the greatest, funniest, nicest guy. But you know, I I don't really you know hang with him. And and then there's you know guys you in little league with. I'm not in touch with any of them. You know, there's yeah. guys that you re track with. I'm not in touch with any of them. There's guys that I work with at um, an engineering firm that I was with for seven years. I'm not in touch. with with any of them it's guys i graduated from you know that military school I'm, I'm not really in touch with any of them except maybe on linkedin and the, you know and then there's the things that you're doing today like i don't think there's too many adults that probably three times a week uh, are around you know the, there's one meeting there's 120 people i probably know 50 there's one meeting there's 80 people i probably know 30 and then there's one meeting, there's 15 guys that I know like my brothers. And that's three times a week. Like, how many, is that, is that normal for some, every, you know, I mean, how lucky am I, right? It's a gift, it, man. It, and, you know, the things that it taught me, I was just thinking about like expectations, mm. you know, with, with like the script that I would write for people. Like, this is probably how you should act. And this is in my head. And if you yes. don't, I'm upset. Right. You know? It, because I'm the king, you know, this is like, and this is part of selfishness. And, you know, all the things that I've learned that I don't 
like operate that that like that anymore. And when I do, because I'm so far from perfect, I can correct myself. I'm like, okay, these people at work are really really pissing me off, and I happen to work with my uh, you know my two my two brothers. And, you know, they're brilliant. They're really, really great at what they do. Uh, but just imagine working with your brothers for 30 years. And, you know, there's things that, I, you know, that I have I have some bad habits. They might have some bad habits. And, you know, that it's kind of miraculous, right? One, one of my brothers is sober uh, 16 years. And, you know, I can lean on him. Right. Um, and, and that's a gift. Yeah. You know, but, you know, learn, to, learn not to have... Uh, expectations of people because ex- expectations are resentments under construction and you know there's things about selfishness too that are so prevalent in me and you know part of selfishness is and I work on this to, to this day and I would give myself a D minus maybe a D plus you know may I know a, a C minus because I recognize it but you know in lines in traffic now it's the year of, uh, you know, it's online, everything, but I'm not in stores half as much. But, you know, patience is a part of selfishness. I don't think, well, I do think when I start to get, like, there's somebody doing something in front of me that isn't fast enough. And and, and I, I look at myself now and say, you know, Gary, you're an ass. You're yeah, a real yeah, ass. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Who, who are you? You know, this, this poor person is fumbling with this fumbling with that has to write a check it could be my grandmother and they're doing the best they can who am i to be like that stuffy bitch right you know being pissed off at line in 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 the line because there's something i can't control and what kind of gift is like that that, if that's not identification right you know and that that's a something that you learn from the program yeah yeah to be able to to recognize when that's happening and then to act on it is those are two different things to be able to to have the gift to recognize that you're feeling that that's that's awesome Mm -hmm. that's like self uh awareness is that self-awareness but then acting on it is the action part of it Mm -hmm. you know and it's like um you oh you talk about uh re retreat regroup and re-enter so then the three so those are three different things so the awareness part is like holy shit i gotta get out of here before i say something Mm -hmm. and then the action starts regroup my thoughts Mm -hmm. and then go back in so just tell me just touch on that for a second because you yeah i heard that in an awol this guy rich said it you know doing our fifth step is uh you know, there, there can be something and it happens. It can happen in work. It can happen in everyday life. It can happen with a kid doing something right or wrong. And your first reaction, right? And you do not want to react. You don't, the, like the, the three odds. It's like you retreat, right? You regroup and you re-enter. And, and a tool that I have that uh, I've used is, you, you know, okay, I have a big decision to make. You know, it's like God. You know, yeah. I need. I need a little help here. You know, I. It. It. Is this a yes or a no? And I'm not going to get into specific examples, but you know, it, it's like, all right. I really don't know what to do uh, as far as a yes. I really don't know what to do for as far as a no. But you know what, God? If you you don't want me to know the answer right now. That's fine, and I'm gonna I'm gonna just be okay without having an answer because you're not giving me that answer yet. So mm. I'm powerless, wow. and the answer is gonna come eventually when you want it to come, and that can be a huge tool with big, huge decisions that you have to make in your life. And well, I'm sure that, everybody has, and that is. <laughs> so now we're talking about God's plan, and it's not our plan, and and. and general manager who, who oh my who, goodness yeah you know who's who's the general manager gary and what kind of work does that take one of the speakers on my ipod in jamaica um this guy is, goes goes through the steps and you know on step three he says uh you know and it's this this made such sense he goes you know what I fired myself as general manager of my own life. There it it's is. A, it's like, okay, it, you know, goodness gracious. It's, it's like I, I, I've given myself so many warnings. You know, I've, 
I've done these, you know, these, these things that would have got me fired because I've messed up my life to such an extent that, uh, you know what, I can't control this anymore. I fired myself as general manager of my own life. I'm going to, you know, give my higher power the, uh, the problem. So I'm going to, you know, put one, one foot forward one day at a time and, and let, and let the chips fall where they might, where they may keep my side of the street clean and, uh, and, and go go about my life that way and that that can take some pressure off and that that is such, such a, a hard thing um so hard to do you know financial insecurity shall leave us really i'm not really uh you know golden in that in that respect you know with with what i have going on um hard to do it without without a fellowship of people around you who give you the faith that this does work mm -hmm. give it give it a week give it a month see how it goes oh yeah but you know see how it goes you know start your morning if you don't have anybody to pray to get down on your knees and just be quiet for 10 seconds Mm -hmm. start there Mm -hmm. and do that for a week and then do it and then do it for two weeks and do it for three weeks keep it simple be quiet for five seconds. Like, try this. Wake up Wake up in the morning, and if you pray or meditate or, or whatever you do, like I heard a guy say, praying is talking to God, meditation is listening to God. Mm-hmm. Try it for three seconds. Try it for three seconds, see how you do, because it's tough to settle that, that head down. Mm. So if you can do it for three seconds, try it for four seconds. If you can do it for four, try it for ten. And it's progress, you know? It's like I tried to bite off so much with the spiritual part of the program to begin with um when i had a little bit of trouble with it i was like i want to be able to meditate for a half hour i'll be able to pray i want to connect with god like i'm not hearing god like i'm not hearing him i'm not spiritual i suck at this <laughs> and you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. but it's not like that Mm-mm. yeah Mm-mm. With all the trials and tribulations of life, running our own business, putting kids through college, the perplexities of things that you can't control, you know, with the mindset of, um, you know, a person in the program that's sober, it's like there's so many things you can't control that it makes no sense to worry. That is kind of like my nature, I, I, and I'm getting better. I'll never be perfect, but there was something in, in conjunction with um, the fellowship, my my yoga practice, and there's a lot of similarities. And the other day, you know, before the class started, the, the instructor was talking about worry, but she was talking about how worry is reverse prayer. And I was like, wow. So it's like it's like they're, they're mutually exclusive. You cannot worry and pray at the same mm, time. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like a clash. And I was like, wow, that's going to stick with me. Yeah, and, uh, yeah and, and it's so true. You know, I can be sitting here and thinking, oh, man. You know, I remember in early sobriety, you've heard it probably a million times, like, how am I ever going to go to Fenway? Uh, and not have a beer. How am I ever gonna go, you uh, know, uh, you know, to like a a wedding for my kid who was thirteen, you know, at the time, and not have <laughs> not have a drink, you know, and then 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 it was like, how crazy is that, you know, trying to, you you you, you just like way 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 past uh, um, time traveling. The, the the thing is it's 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 useless to get yourself worked up you know and and what stress can do to people you got to be kidding me yeah you, you know um, it goes back to what you were saying about being I mean it's all about flexing that muscle working that muscle exercising that muscle to to be in today I mean they you know there are big banners that say one day at a time and they've been around for 75 years because that mindset is a healthy mindset to have mm-hmm. and the buzzword now is along with meditation is um, mindfulness and this guy John Kabat-Zinn who's a Cambridge guy who really brought this to the forefront front um, you know in the last few years but um, it's all about training your brain and um, it's all about training your brain and exercising your brain to be present like right now without judgment. And I mean, I'm not a mindfulness expert, but 
it takes pra- it, it takes practice but if you can do a little bit of a day and you can work on it if you can do that it's it's so it's so healthy and it helps with it helps with addiction for sure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's kind of a common theme with people who are sober and and uh, have some time under their belt and are, are and are living sober living a sober life and one day at a time they kind of tie in together mm-hmm. comment on this if you will Gary <laughs> being sober and living a sober life if I wasn't sober there wouldn't be anybody in my life <laughs> right, yeah, right? <laughs> you know right, right? <laughs> if I wasn't sober you know the way I was going I would I'd be you know physically I was killing myself yeah um, yeah and <clears throat> you know to, but you know living sober and trying to do the next right thing yeah trying to help another guy you know the living sober stuff that um, you know you try to do everything right and nobody's perfect no. and it's progress not perfection but yep. the things that uh, it's just like so gratifying you know to see like I was saying before See, seeing guys that have totally turned their life around. There's a, there's a guy, Mike. His sister-in-law called me and asked me if I could uh, take him to a couple of meetings, and he more or less went from the gurney to, uh, you know, like a many pounds shed later. Yeah. And um, you know, the guy's turned into into a specimen. He has a lot of, you know, things that he has to deal with in in his in his life, but to see him. Like every day, he's cool. Uh, he gives the chips out at the uh, yeah, total success story at the yeah, tomato. Yeah, yeah. yeah at the tomato. Um, I get, he's yeah. You yeah. get that energy from him. Yeah, there's you know there's success stories, but you know living sober, the people that know me, if I started drinking again, they wouldn't know me anymore. No, because I I would just like probably go to Tahiti <laughs> to death on the beach. Yeah, live in a hut. Yeah. You know what? Sometimes I've I've thought about before is if I was on a desert island. And there was nobody there, and a, a treasure chest, like a, like an old pirate ship treasure chest, mm-hmm. comes washed aboard, and there's gold coins in there, and all, there's all these you know silver, and there's a bottle on it with three big X's, like they used to, like it used to be in the in the um, cartoons, mm-hmm. remember? And it's like a bottle of rum or something like that. Sometimes I think to myself, hmm, like what would I do? Like if I'm alone on a desert island, is there anything in that bottle for me? Like I, I wonder sometimes about that. It's oh. like I thought about that before. Oh, oh, oh th- those times where where you're alone and you could probably get away with drinking, <laughs> and you know, you know how 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 intelligent that would be. You know, there's only been a million of those times. You know, and I, it, you know, something that just comes to mind. You know, you know there was, I drank to, uh, tonic water or club soda, mm. and I was on, I was at a, uh, on a cruise or in, a, in Mexico or someplace, and. Um, they gave uh, it was vodka and tonic, and you know the, I mean they looked identical. And after five or six days, you kind of take your guard down. You know I took a sip, and that feeling was just so. It was like fireworks in my head, and I swallowed it because it was it was something that you know I didn't expect. I was really thirsty, and uh, you know I, I've talked about it, and people ask me about it. Um, you know that there's, you know, people can drink Nyquil. You know, people can, uh, you know, at a meeting, guys talking about drinking Nyquil, and the next thing he, t- you know, he take he knows his uh, alcohol, and he takes, you know, he takes a shot of it, then. You know, it's like three hours later. It's like, oh, it's not three hours. I'm going to take another shot of it. Next thing you know, that yeah. you know, so it's like four shots in, in a half an hour. And yeah. next thing you know, he's he's taking it and he's uh, you're hiding it in the trash. You know, that that's when you get to change your sobriety date. You yeah, know, what's but, your intention? Yeah, what was your yeah, intention at yeah, that point? To, but, to, you know, to be honest with yourself, like this, you know, it, it was a devastating. You yeah. Know. When you said fireworks, so I, I need to. So you took you, you were on a cruise ship. It was like a, it was a mistake. The guy handed you it. You didn't know it was it. You drank it. So when you say fireworks, like, what do you mean by that? Like, oh, because you were like, what am I going to do? Like, how, how am I going to handle this? Do I need to change my sobriety? Is yeah. that what you mean? No, yeah, yeah. It's just like the, the taste going down your throat after you hadn't had a drink in 10 years. And then, you know, you didn't do it on purpose. Right. So you're not ready for it. Oh, right, and, right. And, and I, I guess it's your body talking to your brain. It's like, hey, what's going on? Oh, right. Hey, what, what, you know, is this for real? Is Shit, this? man. And, 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 and um, you know, it was like right away. Right. I was like 
oh my god, you know, this this, this was a you know a legitimate honest mistake. mistake. Yeah, you know, you throw it away, and it was it was like, it was a big deal, but then it wasn't a big deal. Right. It wasn't like oh my goodness, right? And this goes to prove that, that you know the mental uh, obsession, right? And like you get drunk before you have that first physical drink. I, I was uh, you know I had no intention of drinking. It was an accident. And uh, and I, I I took a drink and I didn't spit it out because it was just like goop right right and um you, you know but my my mindset wasn't I'm gonna I'm gonna drink now and I'm gonna get hammered it was like you know so I I, I I swallowed it I said that was a mistake and it's an honest mistake and I just forgot about it wow yeah and that's like this is so important too like i'm so glad you brought this up and i'm glad like the physical addiction kicked in and i had to grab a bottle right my mental obsession wasn't kicked in because i i didn't do it voluntarily and i I, i'm not i don't want to put words in your mouth here but i mean thank you uh 12-step program for that wouldn't you say well you know that yeah the honesty yeah as far as absolutely you, you know the stuff that you hear like the meat and potatoes of the program like way back in the day it's like the mental obsession the you know the 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 the, comp- the compulsion the uh you know the, the you know you, 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 there's no way in in this earth that if i have one drink you know that there's nothing's going to stop me from having the second one no doubt and i know that you know i'm 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 powerless over alcohol mm-hmm. and and that's just uh the way it is and you know i've i've i learned that the hard way uh cuz i didn't believe anything that anybody told me in here and you know it, some people can uh, us, us maybe uh, i'll use the adjective smarter than others but i had to find out for myself and i'll never forget you know, I was uh, schemobailing with my buddy Billy, who's uh, God rest his soul. He's he, he was just so authentic, so honest. He uh, he he was like I think it was two or three times um, he had lost his. Uh, he, he was like on on the uh, in the operating room, and they had to you know start his heart again for you know all these accidents and stuff that he got. Uh, and, and because he was drinking and he was killing himself, it, it was just like he. But he just couldn't do it, you know. And he couldn't he, quit. He couldn't quit. He couldn't quit. And then he got he got sober. And at the time, you know, this is after I had four years and ten months. And he invited me up to his house in, in uh, New Hampshire on a lake. And my kid was fifteen. The the the, the you suck dad kid is fifteen. He's on a snowmobile, and. Uh, and and you know he gets me out on a lake you know and it was just me and him he goes he goes Gary he goes I need to talk to you it, it, you know he goes you know what you're an asshole oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's what he said he said, he said to me he goes do you, you, you know you need to listen to me I've done everything in this entire world to 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 quit drinking the only thing that is gonna work and that will has worked for me is the fellowship. And you suck. You better get back here. I mean, that's what I needed oh, from right. him at that time. Yeah. He kicked my ass. And, and um, you, you know, he, that guy um, was a breakthrough for me. Mm-hmm. You, you know, but, I, you know, it was, it was like, you got to do the footwork. Yeah. You know, and there's so many guys out there now. It's like, you know, hey, so, you know, so I'll see you Thursday. Saturday, Sunday, okay, that 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 good, you know. So all right, that that's good. So you know, where were you? Right. Saturday, and it's like, uh, you know, my mother called. Yeah. You know, some kind of lame excuse like they use for the gym, and uh, and it's like, you know, it, it those 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 guys, you know, eventually they're they're gonna get it, you know. But you just have you to have put patience the work. With you gotta them. put the work in. And and if they go if they go out, they're gonna come back in. You just need to be there for them. And you know the power of example pot is when they come back and you're still there. Right. You know. Right. You know, and that's just so important. That all is. the silent things you can do to help uh, another alcoholic. It's. Um, you know, it's a learned experience. You got to put the work in. I mean, and it's uncomfortable sometimes. You know, when I was getting sober, I had a 10, a 12 and a 10-year-old kid. And, um, you know, they got stuff going on during the week. You know, they have stuff going on during times when meetings are happening. And I should be at meetings. And there was a point, I don't know, somehow I realized that, you know what, and I, I heard it from you guys, people like you, that sobriety comes first because... 
if AJ's not sober, guess what? AJ's not going to have kids to care for. Mm-hmm. And it and that's tough. Like, talk about changing your way of thinking, right? So you, ha- you have to. And, and you use judgment. You know, because I remember a few times I'd be like, you know, it, it was early on in my sobriety and Green Tomato was happening and coming up on uh, six years, by the way. Yeah, six year anniversary. Yeah. And and it'd be like, I'd be like, Gary, you know, I, you know, kids, my son's got a concert Thursday. AJ, you're going to the concert, dude. It's a no brainer. Like, go be with your family. That's it. Done. And it was like. That's where sponsorship comes in. That's where fellowship comes in because I couldn't think straight. Never mind navigating the waters of early sobriety and trying to figure out what's right and what's wrong and come to find out what you taught me. Not that it's it's uh, set in stone. Everybody does things different, but it was like groundwork. So when a guy comes up to me and asks me that question, I have an at least I have an answer to give him or I have something to base it upon that. That balance, right? That that that's what you're referring to as the balance, and that that is a difficult thing. The, you know, for for a, a lot of guys that have young kids, you know, that need to get sober, and that you have priorities. And you know, the, my I think my answer to that is, you know, you, you need to answer to yourself there. You know, there's, you know, the the green tomato is our Thursday night men's meeting, and you know, there's guys that. You know they they don't do this they don't do that and it's all because of family things now, like for me like I, I don't think I ever missed, missed uh, you, you know a, a baseball game for my kids you know um, you know my 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 daughter played uh, basketball I try to get to every single one of those the soccer at oh my goodness in in the winter you know that's important and you know <clears throat> it but. If so you're talking about instead of going to a meeting, like you sacrifice going to meetings to go to the, to go to these games. No, no, not actually. Yes and no. What what I do is, you know, it's like I'm honest with myself. It's like I need this meeting. I I, I need to go to a meeting, but this is more important right now. This is my my children. I want to see. You know, I have to be part of this. That's why I got sober. And but I'm going to replace that. This. What are they like? Seven thousand meetings, you know. So okay, I can't get to the ten o'clock meeting. You know what? I'm gonna go to a three o'clock meeting. Wow, how you lucky know, are we? You know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try. You know, maybe I'll go. To the, you know, I usually don't go to a meeting on Monday. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to a meeting Monday morning. I'm gonna get up early and I'm gonna replace that. And and you you're reasoning with yourself, and it's still a priority, but you can do it both. Um, and that that's the, how I handled it. You know, this balance and people handle it different ways. But, you know, in early sobriety, it's very important. You, you know, to some people do the 90 and 90. You know, some people don't. Um, some people are okay with it. I think it's, uh, you know, uh, it, it's good to do 90 and 90. You know, 90 yeah. meetings in 90 days. Yeah, well, I mean, it forces you to... You know, I've said it before on the on this show. It's it's the fellowship is is for me is number one. And and it you know if you're doing and I didn't I didn't do ninety and ninety, uh, but it's like it 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 makes sense because it forces you to be around people who are like you. Like I need to be around people. I need to be around people who I'm like. Who I need to be around people who are like me, who have a disease, who have an addiction, who know what I've been through who think, who can relate to the way I think and the way I feel because a lot of times out here, man, people like people don't understand it. And not to mention the fact that, I'm not going to get on the soapbox, but I'm going to mention it. it's like alcohol is a drug. So if we agree alcohol is a drug and it is, it's just fucking way too acceptable today in our society and our culture. I drive down the street and instead of people having American flags out front, there's a there's a freaking glass of red wine out front of their house in their flagpole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like an old crotchety oh. dude right now. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. way too I don't remember parents buying booze for me. I don't Goodness. remember other parents buying booze for me. No. That goes on. me. Yeah, it's happening. Oh, well that that's that's a parenting skill that uh I'm not too fond of me yeah, either. Yeah, that the I think you know when you get on the kid issue, you know the the to discipline a kid is I think the toughest thing for a parent to do. You know we'll get way off track, and I'm I'm not. No, it's all right. It, it, it's you good. Know, you know, but there's some experiences that 
Yeah, what's you your know, I with? have you know, you know, going through you know that military school and yeah, um, and then my my oldest boy in college, and there was uh, there was drinking going on, and you, you know, you can just you can see what's happening, and you, you kind of know, and then uh, like seven years later after he grad after they graduate it was like you know what i really should have probably uh worked a little harder <laughs> yeah yeah you know um, but not even that not even that though i'm talking about um i'm talking about like i'm coming from a perspective from an alcoholic mind so me and and i fully admit like I'm, I'm probably unfair with it a little bit because I'm so, I'm so like hypersensitive about it. But it's a fact, and you can look it up, that um, if you're the son or daughter of an alcoholic, and you can hold off drinking until you're at least 21 years old, then your risk of being an alcoholic goes down by something like 40 percent, and. Uh, I, you know, fact check me, Google it, you know, so if that's the case, then how about we follow the law and don't drink until we're 21? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was, I was one of those right? lucky guys. I yeah. know. Right. Right. When and I and you 18. laugh like you laugh like people. Why do we think it's so fucking funny? Oh, well, oh, it's it's. Then why don't we why do we have a drinking age? Let's just make it. Let's just not make their drinking age. Mm. Mm. Yeah, like I, I was lucky. You know, it was right when I turned eighteen, the drinking age went down to eighteen. Yeah, you, know. you were lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and so, of course, I was drinking at sixteen. Right. You know, that's we'll, what we go do. To the discos. Oh and yeah. That, and then, uh, you know, right when it turned to twenty-one, I was twenty-one. So. Same. Yeah. Perfect. Oh yeah, I was Michael Butler. I was I was four years old. I was sixteen buying booze downtown. Oh yeah, you know? it, it wouldn't even get carded. I think I was fourteen. All right, buddy. Well, this has been awesome. I really appreciate you coming on, being my first guest. Thank you so much for coming in and, and hanging out in the garage for uh, for a little while and, and, and giving me the support on this little um, circus show I'm on here. Yeah, it's an honor. First guy to do a <laughs> podcast with AJ. I'm like... I'm pumped. How lucky am I? So I appreciate you, man. I appreciate all you do. You know, I love you. You know that. Um, and um, I look forward to, uh, yeah, you'll be on again. You'll come on and see me again, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It was a lot of fun. All right, brother. All right. Thank you for listening. Uh, another successful podcast, I hope. We'll try and get this thing uh, up and out to you. So uh, thanks for listening. Bye.